Hey everybody, welcome to New Pro Hey, good morning everybody and welcome to New Promise Church here in Kirtland, Ohio. I'm Rory Gruters. I get the privilege of being the pastor here and we are so glad that you've taken time out of your Sunday to join us for worship and for the word. We hope you've had a great week this last week. We've gotten a lot of needed rain in the Kirtland, Ohio area and everything is just green and lush and it's a beautiful sunny Sunday morning here where we are. We hope the sun in the sky and the Son of God is shining in your lives too. For the last six weeks, we've been talking about having ears to hear our God who speaks to us because that's what keeps our relationship with God from becoming just a mere religion about God. And we never want that to happen in our lives. And Jesus doesn't want that to happen in our lives either. Because seven times in Revelations 2 and 3, Jesus says, Let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, which tells us that God is speaking to us and there's an expectancy we will be able to hear him and that we should hear him and need to hear him. And also we've been looking at seven ways that God has provided in our lives so that we can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us, to his church. And the first way we looked at was in the private places of prayer, which is going to be the most intimate way we hear God. It's just God and us. And then we looked at hearing God through the Bible, which is going to be, frankly, the most accurate way that we're going to hear God because it's so objective. It has nothing to do with our subjective feelings or emotions or any kind of personal filters. The Bible just says what it says, and it's God's word, and that's how we most accurately hear what God is saying to the church. And then we also looked at those times when we're going through periodic problems with pain, how God is still close to the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds and speaking to us during those times in life. That's, that's probably the most necessary times that we need to hear God speaking in our lives. And then we also looked at how God speaks to us through the people around us that's going to have the most variables in our lives. We, we got to be careful with that, but we looked at several examples of people who spoke into other people's lives in the Bible and it was God speaking through them to the people around them. And then we also looked at uh, last week how God speaks to us through promptings, those inner gut feelings, inspiration, that enthusiasm to do godly things. In the Greek word, remember, it was the Greek word entheos, which means God is in it or actually more accurately, in this is God, those godly promptings in our lives, how God leads us, guides us, directs us, and speaks to us through promptings in our lives. Well, this week, as we come into the sixth week, we've got this week and next week to go, as we come into the sixth week in our series, having ears to hear the God who speaks, I want to talk about hearing God through our dreams. Hearing God in our dreams. You know, we all dream dreams. Everybody dreams. Some dreams we remember. Most dreams we don't. Some dreams um, are about just us. Other dreams have to do with other people around us. Some dreams are just for the moment. Other dreams affect the future as they creatively chart the course of not just our lives, but of people around us in lives. I, I think of Martin Luther King's speech at the Lincoln Memorial where he said, I have a dream. Well, that dream that he had charted the course for the entire nation as we went through the civil rights movement of the 60s and early 70s and beyond even still 
to today. You know, some dreams are premonitions that we can have, and, and they have everything to do with successes in the future in life. Albert Einstein and Isaac Newton, for instance, they attributed their ideas, their theories, and their successes to dreams that they had in life. So sometimes dreams can be premonitions. Other times they can be the pizza or just the spicy things that we ate that stimulated our, our mind while we slept to, to dream random things that mean nothing at all. But, but other times our dreams can be filled with the Holy Spirit of God speaking to us in the night while we're sleeping. God is still speaking in our dreams. And what I mean by that is this, that in the Bible we have several examples of God speaking to people in their dreams. For instance, God spoke to Jacob in a dream in Genesis 28 about a winding staircase that went all the way up to heaven where angels were ascending and descending. So God spoke to Jacob about a stairway to heaven long before Led Zeppelin made it a popular song in 1971. He then spoke to one of Jacob's youngest sons, Joseph, in a dream in Genesis 37. And then he spoke to Pharaoh in Genesis 40 in a dream and to Pharaoh's butler and baker in Genesis 41 in dreams. He spoke to King Solomon in a dream in 1 Kings chapter 3. He spoke to King Nebuchadnezzar in a dream in Daniel chapter 2. And he spoke to Daniel in, a dream, in dreams in Daniel 4 and Daniel 7. He spoke to Joseph, Mary's husband, in Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2 in dreams. He spoke to three magi in Matthew 2 in dreams. He spoke to Pilate's wife in Matthew 27 in a dream. And finally, he spoke to Paul in Acts chapter 16 and 18 in two separate dreams. So it seems that, that God not only speaks to people in dreams in the Bible, it also seems to me that it's common that God speaks to people in dreams, especially in the Bible. Now, back in the 1980s, there was a song that keeps going around and around. The lyrics go around and around in my mind this week as I'm getting ready to, to, to preach this message. It's a song by the group Heart in the 1980s called These Dreams. It's a secular song, and one of the lyrics in the, songs, in the song is this. It's, these dreams go on when I close my eyes. Every second of the night, I live another life. And, and to me, that seems to have been true in Joseph's dream in Genesis 37, where he dreamt of being elevated to powerful places of prominence in life. He, it was like he was dreaming about living another life. And so he shared it with his brothers and his father, this dream that he had. And his brothers were jealous of him, and his father didn't understand and didn't support him in it. And I always found that odd because Jacob had a godly dream in life of that winding stairway to heaven. And, and so I was surprised that Jacob really didn't support his son Joseph when Joseph had a godly dream of being elevated to places of power and prominence in his life. That, that tells me that God's voice can speak to us in our dreams about what life could be like and maybe what life will be like when our dreams finally come true. 
The problem is that sometimes our dreams don't account for the obstacles and the animosity and the, the jealousy and the, the stuff, the painful stuff, we might have to go through before they come true. Like I told you, he told his brothers about his dream and he told his father about his dreams, but his, brother was, his brothers were greatly jealous of, of Joseph. They betrayed him. They sold him into slavery. And then uh, along the way, as he was, his life was like traded from person to person, so to speak, uh, Pharaoh's wife falsely accused him of coming on to her and of trying to rape her. And so he was thrown into prison. And then while he was in prison, he was forgotten more than a few times by people that he had helped out in prison. And so by all accounts, Joseph could have given up on his dream, but the dream never gave up on Joseph. I'm sure Joseph was a man of great character and great godly character by what we read of him in the Bible, but I'm also sure that there's probably times in his humanity where he was probably wondering if his dream was ever going to come true because of all of the obstacles that he had to contend with in life. But I think sometimes even if we kind of start giving up on our godly dreams, I think if they're truly godly dreams, they never really give up on us. And I think they eventually come true in our lives, just like they eventually came true in Joseph's life. And 20 years later, in Genesis 41 and 42, Joseph had been elevated to that place of power and prominence in Egypt. He was the right-hand man to Pharaoh. And just like Joseph had dreamed 20 years before, now 20 years later, he's the second-hand leader, the vice president, if you will, under Pharaoh in all of Egypt. And sure enough, what happens, his brothers come from uh, Jacob's fields. They come from the land of Canaan, and they, they come into Egypt to buy grain from Egypt and actually from Joseph whom they don't recognize. There's a famine going on in the land and the reason that God elevated Joseph to a place of great power and prominence was so that Joseph could not just save Egypt through the famine, but so Joseph could save his very brothers and his father, his family, through the famine. See, there's always a point to the godly dreams that God gives us in life. And and to me, it, Joseph's story teaches me that if it's a godly dream, it's going to come true, no matter who or what does anything to you. Our godly dreams that God gives us, they will come true. Because God uses these dreams to lead us and guide us and direct us and encourage us to places where we can help other people around us. That's exactly what I see in Paul's dream in Acts chapter 16, verse 9. It says that during the night, Paul had a dream of a man from Macedonia who said to him, come over here and help us. And so Paul and his companions immediately got up and they left for Macedonia. So, Number two, I guess, is that God can use dreams to lead, guide, and direct us to help us help other people around us, especially connect with Jesus. And so Paul and his companions immediately got up and were so motivated by the dream, they immediately left for Macedonia because they had this urging, a dream, a prompting of God 
to go to Macedonia and to help people connect with Jesus. You know, I can't tell you how many times that, that since I've been a Christian, I've had dreams similar to this of, of nameless faces of people, especially since being a pastor. Nameless faces of people sitting in, in, in auditoriums and sanctuaries of, of people needing to connect with Jesus and wanting to connect with Jesus. Some of them, in my dreams, they didn't know what they were talking about. They didn't know they wanted to connect with Jesus. They just knew they wanted to connect with the happiness, the holiness, and the healthiness that Jesus brings into people's lives. They wanted to connect from the ordinary to the extraordinary, from the natural to the supernatural that Jesus brings into people's lives. There's been many times that I've had dreams of people I don't know, nameless faces of people wanting to connect with the God that, that I serve, the God of the Bible. And also I've had dreams about people that I do know from time to time of ways to help them or needing to help them. And so the question really remains then, once we have dreams like that, is what do we do when we wake up? Do we react like Paul and his companions did and we, do we go at it with immediacy and a sense of urgency or do we treat it with a sense of eventuality like a lot of us tend to do? You know, oh, we'll eventually get to it. When we get around to it, we'll do it. When it's convenient, I'll go over there. Right now, my day is so full. My week is so full. I got things lined up I got to do. I'll do it on the weekend. I'll do it next week. I'll set up a coffee with them or something, right? And most of the time, when we do things like that, most of us never get around to it. But Paul wasn't like that, and his companions weren't like that. He, he was so motivated by this godly dream that God spoke to him in the night while he was sleeping, that he got up in the morning, and the Scripture says he went immediately to Macedonia. So when God gives us godly dreams about being able to help people, the question is, how do we respond when we wake up in the morning? Do we treat them with immediacy and we get right at it? Or do we treat it with an eventuality? Eventually, we'll get there. I think if God gives us a godly dream like that, the answer is we need to treat it with immediacy. We, do, we need to make time in the day and make time to go do it and get it done if God is giving us a godly dream about how to help somebody, especially if God gives us a godly dream about how to help them connect with Jesus. Now, third, God uses dreams to sometimes redirect us and reassure us like he did with Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, in Matthew chapter 1, it says, Joseph was a good man, a just man, and didn't want to put Mary to shame publicly, so he decided to divorce her privately. But an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you shall give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, on the surface, it makes perfect sense what Joseph wanted to do. Joseph obviously had found out and noticed that Mary was pregnant and he knew he wasn't the father 
And so he probably asked her, hey, what's going on? And she probably told him privately, Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to me and said, I'm being conceived of, this baby has been conceived of by the Holy Spirit of Yahweh, the Holy Spirit of Jehovah God. I have a virgin conception, Joseph. I've, ne- I've been faithful to you. I haven't been unfaithful to you. And so this baby isn't from another man. This baby has been conceived by God in me. And Joseph probably responded exactly the way most of us guys would respond. Yeah, right. Sure. Tell me another one. Really, what guy in Jerusalem have you been hooking up with? What guy have you been shacking up with along the way? And Mary's like, no, Joseph, really, this baby is of God. And so Joseph is, is going like, man, I'm a good man. Uh, I'm a sincere guy. I'm a good guy. I, I'm in, I'm, I don't want to embarrass her publicly, but man, I just, know I can't get with this. And I don't believe that what she's conceived, this baby, is God in her. No, I don't get that. How many times does that happen? Zero. Well, actually once. And this is the time it happened just once. And so Joseph does and reacts the way most of us would react, the way I probably would think of reacting, and that is he wants to break off the engagement. And he wants to do it privately and not shame her publicly. And back in those days, shame was a huge part of culture. And, and so I don't know how they would work that out and everything, but so, so Joseph is planning to do, hey, I'm you know, going to break off my engagement with her. She's gotten pregnant by somebody else. But God comes to Joseph in a dream and he redirects him and he reassures him, Joseph, everything's all right. What Mary said to you is true. The baby in her really is of the Holy Spirit of God. Everything is going to be just fine. You guys are going to have a baby. I want you to give him the name Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. And so Joseph wakes up and I believe his whole perspective probably changed. He probably went to Mary privately and said, guess what, I had a dream last night and this is what happened. And she probably got a big old smile on her face because she didn't want to be put to shame. And so he said, I'm, he probably said something like, I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but we're going to work this out because Jehovah God is with us. His son is within you. And because Joseph was a good man, he stuck to God's plan and it all worked out just fine. You know, it, it, it reminds me of how sometimes God visits us in our dreams to redirect us or maybe to reassure us that everything's going to be all right. That God is still in command and control no matter what's going on, COVID virus and riots happening in the streets and what's happening to our country. I hope you've had dreams lately of God coming to you and reassuring you that everything's all right. He's in command and control. Everything is going to be just fine once we get through this season of chaos, so to speak. I know I've had dreams like that in my life. I, I know the people here at, at MPC, they've heard the stories of, of my uh, oldest daughter, Mariah, when she was a baby in the hospital and stuff. But, but there's a, uh, another sub-story in that story that one time when we were in the hospital, I can't remember if it was, I, it wasn't her first surgery, I think it might have been her third or her fourth surgery. We were in the hospital in Toronto, Ontario, and that night I remember distinctly dreaming. Uh, in my dream, I used to, we used to watch the TV show MASH all the time, and so in my dream, Hawkeye and BJ came walking through post-op. We were in post-op sitting next to Mariah's bed, 
And, and she was just a baby girl then, and, and, but it was so real, it was so vivid, this dream. Hawkeye and BJ came in, it was winter time, they had on their, their, their hats and their big coats, they had underneath it, they had on the, um, the, the smocks and stuff that they wore, their scrubs that they wore like they had just come out of surgery, their masks were down, tied up around their neck, but hanging down on their chest. I remember distinctly, BJ was closer to us and Hawkeye was on his outside, they came walking past us, BJ and Hawkeye looked right at me and and BJ said she's gonna be just fine he had that big cheesy mustache he had a big smile on his face he looked right at me and he said she's gonna be just fine and then Hawkeye looked at me with that Hawkeye smile and he said she's gonna be all right and they both smiled and they both walked on and I woke up instantly and, and after I realized I was dreaming and my head kind of caught up to where we were and everything, because for, you know, like a few seconds, you're kind of waking up going, okay, where am I type of thing? After I got my head together, all of a sudden my perspective changed. I woke Karen up. I told her what I had just dreamed. And I looked at her and I said, everything's going to be all right. We're going to get through this. She's going to be just fine. God just used BJ and Hawkeye to tell me that. Now, of course, I understand my dreams. God was using familiar things in my life. But to speak to me about that everything was going to be okay with Mariah. She was going to be fine. We were going to get through this. And, and maybe like with Joseph, all of a sudden when I woke up, my perspective changed. All of a sudden, I knew that I knew everything was going to be all right. God was in control of the chaos that was going on in our lives. He told me so in one of my dreams. I think the fourth, according to psychological studies and the Dream Institute, it says that people can have precognitive dreams, experiencing like a deja vu premonitions, feeling like when they wake up, they've already been there. They walk into something and they, they think, I've already been here, I've already experienced this. They, they have a hard time putting their finger on it, but it feels comfortable, it feels familiar, like everything is going to be okay in their lives because it's like they've, they've lived this before. Maybe you've had times like that in your life. I, I know I've had some times like that in my life as well. Now, the fourth thing that God can use dreams for is to warn us or to keep us from doing what we're planning to do. I, I think of the three magi and Joseph in, in Matthew chapter 2. It says, The three magi were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, but they departed to their own country by another way. Remember, they had gone to Herod originally, asked where was the baby born king of the Jews, and Herod said, I don't know, but you go find him for me, and then you come back and tell me. And so the Magi were going to do that, but then in a dream, God warned them, don't do that, don't go back to Herod, you go back home by another route, and God redirected them through that dream. And God also spoke to Joseph in a dream in the same chapter it says joseph being warned in a dream he fled to egypt with mary and baby jesus and remained there until king herod died because god had warned them and redirected them to not do what they were planning on doing but said you need to change the plan here because Herod is looking for the baby and he's going to kill the baby when he finds the baby. 
And so Joseph, you've got to take Mary, and you got to take baby Jesus, you all got to get out of town, and you've got to go to Egypt until I tell you to come back until Herod dies. You know, it occurs to me that we usually think or assume that God always speaks to us in these soft, soothing, docile tones that are non-threatening to us. That he's always like that gentle whisper that just talks to us and everything. But I think here with the, the Magi and, and with Joseph that he spoke to them in, in words of warning of, of anxious dreams. I think the Magi went back home a different way and I think Joseph got up and left with Mary and Jesus the next day because they didn't have sooth, soothing, soft, gentle, quiet dreams that night. They, they had an anxious dream of warning, kind of like an alarm going off, you know, like the, the civil defense sirens that go off during a tornado or something. I, I don't think God always speaks to us in soft tones. I think God speaks to us in ways that gets our attention, in ways that we need to hear God speak to us. Sometimes they are soft, gentle tones, but other times I think God speaks to us in ways that gets our attention, that makes us alert, that makes us more aware, that makes us more attentive to his voice. I sometimes think God speaks to us in anxious dreams. I think that's what God was saying to to Joseph and to the three wise men. Because when they woke up, they seemed to be more anxious, more alert, more aware, and more attentive to what the Lord was telling them to do. Now, going back to the Psychological Studies and Dream Institute, it's a journal that I, I've looked up over the years and read about dreams, because I, I do dream quite a bit, and, and sometimes I, I think dreams are fascinating things. And so what they, they've said in the Psychological Studies of Dream Institute says that dreaming about anxious things causes us to be more acutely aware, alert, and attentive during the day. Such as if we've had a dream where we were running in the night and just couldn't get away from whatever or whoever we were trying to get away from. Have you ever had a dream like that? Where it's like you're running in slow motion and you just can't get away from whatever's chasing you? I've had a dream like that. Or dreaming that you're taking a test, you get all anxious about taking a test. I've never had a, a bad dream about taking a test, but maybe you have. Well, that, that makes you more aware and alert when you're actually there taking the test, right? Or how about this? Speaking in public. This is a common dream that people have. The fear of speaking in public and the fear of speaking in public and you realize you have no pants on in the dream. And you don't realize it until the people in front of you realize it. Then in your dream, you look down and realize you don't have any pants on and you're standing in front of people speaking. Apparently, that's a common, fearful, anxious dream that people can have if they're afraid to speak in public. I'll tell you for sure, I've had that dream. I really have. And that dream, uh, when I have that dream, it's usually on a Friday night or a Saturday night where subconsciously I feel like I'm not prepared well enough for the message on Sunday morning. And so there's been times that I've had this dream that I wasn't prepared to be in church on Sunday morning and I just woke up really embarrassed and it was just a dream. It wasn't real. I've never preached without my pants on, right? But I've had a dream like that and it just scares the bejeebers out of you, right? And so what happens is that Sunday morning I come in, I'm more alert, I'm more aware. My mind is thinking faster. My, I'm speaking more articulately. 
because I'm just a little bit afraid that I'm not prepared well enough. When in fact, I am prepared well enough, things go well, and I am fully dressed. But sometimes anxious dreams can actually serve a good purpose in our life because they make us more alert and aware and attentive to things when we're awake the next day in life. Um, The fourth thing that God can use dreams for is to encourage us, like he did with Paul in Acts chapter 18. In Acts chapter 18, it says that a great number of Corinthians became believers in Christ because of Paul's preaching. One night, the master, that's referring to Jesus, Elohim, one night the master spoke to Paul in a dream. He said, keep it up and don't let anyone intimidate or silence you. No matter what happens, I am with you. And no one is going to be able to hurt you. You have no idea how many people I have had on, uh, that. excuse me, you have no idea how many people I have on my side in this city. And that was all he needed to stick it out. And Paul stayed there another year and a half, faithfully teaching the word of God to the Corinthians. Do you know why I think God spoke this dream to Paul in specific? Because if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you'll read about all of the persecution, all of the beatings, all of the horrible things that happened to Paul during his life in ministry. And so maybe when he got to Corinth, he realized that, you know, it's either a revival or a riot is what starts, and sometimes both things start. I mean, if you look at Paul in the New Testament, when Paul was preaching and evangelizing, either revivals happened or riots happened, and quite often both things happened. And so maybe Paul was worried about in Corinth, he was getting a little scared and intimidated, and in Corinth, he was just waiting for, okay, who's going to arrest me? Who's going to beat me? Who's going to stone me now? That type of thing. And so to reassure Paul and to encourage Paul, Jesus visits him in his dream and says, Paul, don't worry about it. I'm with you. No one's going to hurt you here. No one's going to harm you here. Don't let anyone intimidate or silence you. You've got this because I've got you. And you're doing a great job. I hope you have dreams like that from time to time. I know I have. In my life, I've had reassuring dreams where God has come to me in, in times where I felt a little insecure about things, whether it be on the road with the celebrants or as a pastor. I've had times where God has come to me like uh, when we were on the road with the celebrants in Kilgore, Texas, and I was staying, I had just started touring with the celebrants. I, it was just a couple of months after my life made a really hard left turn, so to speak, and I changed careers and everything, and I, I was in this kind of creepy house sleeping at night in this A-framed house, and there was these porcelain dolls all over the bedroom and everything, and I was by myself, and, and I remember going to bed that night after a concert, and I was like, what in the world have I done with my life, Lord? You know, here I am out on the road with a, a band that I don't know these people yet, and, and everything was so new and different. I thought, man, I made a huge mistake in life. What have I done? And it was during that night that I had a dream about Isaiah 41.10. The Holy Spirit of God spoke into my, and it was visual in, in this dream too, said, do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look around you for I am your God. I will strengthen you, help you, and uphold you with my right hand. 
I woke up the next morning and I felt great about life. My entire perspective has, had changed because of that dream. I couldn't quite understand why, but I know I just felt great and, and I felt strengthened and encouraged by that dream that came from God in my life. I've had times like that too as a pastor along the way, wondering, am I doing enough? Are, are we doing well? How can I do better? I always want to live for excellence in life and I want to pursue excellence in everything I do. And so sometimes that really makes me a driven person. Maybe, maybe you're like that too. And driven people who pursue excellence in life, we don't always hit the mark or hit the goal. And I think that's why we need to hear God encouraging us in our dreams, reminding us that he's with us, that his spirit and his presence is all around us, and that we're doing well, and that we're going to keep doing well because he's going to keep being with us. You know, ancient Egyptians and Romans and ancient Greeks, they all believed that dreams were a doorway to God. And I don't think they were far off because of what God says in Joel chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 2. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, on both men and women. Your old men will see visions and your young men will dream dreams. You see, while we're still speaking, or excuse me, you see, while we're still sleeping, God is still speaking. Let me say that again. While we're sleeping, God is still speaking to us in our dreams. And so I guess the only question that remains is, what's God saying to you in your dreams at night? You know, psychology today and psychological studies and the Dream Institute, it says everybody dreams during REM sleep, rapid eye movement. That, that time usually lasts only about 90 minutes. Out of the seven hours we get a night sleeping, about 90 minutes, we're in really deep sleep, and that's when we experience dreams. And our dreams really only last about 30 seconds. I find that fascinating because they seem like they last forever. They seem like they last the whole night, but really it's only 30 seconds of the 90 minutes when we're in really deep sleep that we experience dreams. And they said most people don't remember 90% of the things they've dreamt about, which tells me that when I wake up and I remember a certain dream, I start to wonder, well, what other things did I dream about that I, I don't remember? I find that fascinating, too. And they said, most dreams, they don't mean anything. Most dreams, it's just a data dump of your brain offloading stuff to your subconscious that we've accumulated over the last days or weeks. Our, our hard drives are only so full, so to speak, and every now and then, through our dreams, we just dump random information that really means nothing at all uh, in our lives and stuff. But Remember Albert Einstein and Isaac Newton, they attributed their ideas, their success, and their theories to the dreams that they had in life. You know, there's, there's another song by Fleetwood Mac, it goes way back and stuff. It's a, don't stop thinking or dreaming about tomorrow. And I honestly think in the nightmare of the world that we live in today, with everything that's going on, with the coronavirus and the lockdowns and the job losses and the politics and, and the, the protesting and the riotings that are happening in so many of our cities, with the nightmare that our country is kind of in right now, I think to myself, that is so true. We can't stop dreaming about tomorrow. 
We need to be hearing God's voice speak to us in our dreams about a better tomorrow. You know, when my children were little, we used to tuck them into bed every night and it would take about a half hour to get to, get to bed and go to sleep because you tell stories and things like that. And we would always end, before we would kiss them goodnight and, and leave the room, we would always pray with them. And, and I would always pray this with them, or Karen would pray this with them. We would always pray, Lord Jesus, please decorate their dreams with visions of heaven, with how much you love them and the incredible life that you have for them. And I think to myself, why do we ever stop dreaming or praying that way? Why don't we keep praying as we grow up and grow on in life, Lord, decorate my dreams with visions of heaven, with how much you love me and the life that you have for me and what you want to do with the life you've given me. Father, help me to have ears to hear my God who speaks as you decorate my dreams with your voice at night in my life. I want to pray that over you because I believe God speaks to us in our dreams. The Bible shows us that he does and we so desperately need to hear our God who speaks. Even while we are sleeping, God is still speaking to us in our dreams. Heavenly Father, give us ears to hear you as you're speaking to us and about us, encouraging us, reminding us how much you love us, giving us guidance and direction and ideas and inspiration and wisdom and reassurance in our lives, showing us how we can help the people around us. As you're speaking to us, help us to hear you in our dreams. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the message. And we would love to hear from you here at New Promise Church in Kirtland, Ohio. So maybe check out our website. Find our, our email address, which is info at newpromisechurch.us. And send us your prayer request. We would love to pray with you about the things you need God to do in your life. And also send us your praise reports. We'd love to celebrate with you about the things God has done in your life. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember how much God loves you and so do we here at New Promise Church. Have a great week. We'll see you again.